0: I was uh, sharing, actually, at work a bit this week about these verses. Those of you who don't know, I'm a hospital chaplain. And um, in the course of that, obviously, we're getting ready for Christmas. And Christmas is getting close. And you'd expect a Christmas story to go with your brunch, wouldn't you? Yeah? Seeing as we're getting a bit close, second Sunday of Advent. And uh, so let me read you. A Christmas set of verses. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. There will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this that's the core of it can I just uh, maybe ask you can you remember who said it was it Mary maybe Mary did Mary say this about her little boy Maybe it was Joseph, one of the wise men who came and visited. Was it a priest in the temple when Jesus was presented to him? Nope. None of those things is true. This was not written at the time when Jesus was born. It wasn't written a a hundred years before. It was written 700 years before Jesus was born. It was written by the prophet Isaiah. And he wrote this in dark times. He wrote it because uh, Israel was going through real difficulty. As really hard, chaotic leadership. Challenges over who should be in charge. Ring any bells? Um, So... This chaotic time in Israel's history, described as a period of darkness. He says, This the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. You enlarge the nation and increase their joy, and so on. And then, so we ask the question what was this light? What was the light going to be in the darkness? And that's when we get those verses. This is the light that came. For to us a child is born. For us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are verses of hope about a coming king. But they're not about an earthly king. No, these verses are about Jesus. So, this might might sound to start with like a nice Christmas message about a baby coming. But God has not put these verses on my heart today for any reason other than my belief to challenge you. To challenge you to, yes, maybe celebrate the the gift of Jesus in the the stable at at Christmas, the kindness of God, the gift of God, but to lift you out of any sentiment and the coloured light fantasy that we're seeing on our streets every day in the last few weeks. There are more than a few of us here, more than a few, who do not need the tinsel manger. They need that man. How is he described here in Isaiah? Isaiah is saying to you, each one of you, that Jesus can be your counselor of wonders, your God of might, your father who never fails, and a prince who brings a reign of wholeness and well-being first here's this counselor and I want to go through these four things that he is and in doing so I want to make tribute and reference back to a prophetic word that David Donahue brought into the church in June or July of this year we're not quite sure maybe August even from these verses saying that we as a people needed to walk in the good of these verses and here we are again and God has brought us back to that same message for those of you who are in need of counsel. Jesus brings wonderful insight, wise and surprising revelation. The problem with asking God for an answer to a prayer is that sometimes you don't get the answer you were quite expecting. Anybody want to own up to that one? (laughs) Yeah, Ray. (laughs) Sometimes... You put it the other way round though, Ray. You think about it. There are people in the, in, who have no expectation or hope. And suddenly, out of that difficulty, as it was with you, out of that, that comes this insight and revelation. Troubled minds and hearts don't get easy answers. Let me stress that too. Not only are the answers or revelation that is... Perhaps not what you're expecting, but it's also answers that are not easy. They're, they're things that ex- make expectation of, that we need to change, that we need to do something else with our life, to turn around and walk the other way. Yes, repent of sin. Even as a boy, Jesus astonished the teacher of his, uh, of his day with wisdom. And Jesus promised us that the same wonderful counselor would be available to us that was at work in him. In John, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Taking from what is mine and making it known to you. It's the spirit of Jesus at work in us. The Apostle Paul quotes Isaiah 2... Sorry, quotes Isaiah again in 2 Corinthians. And he writes this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Just want to let that sink in again. We have the mind of Christ. Part of my job, I regularly see a Christian supervisor, uh, somebody who I go and talk to about the challenges of my work. As you can imagine, I see some challenging stuff. And when I'm talking with him and sharing with him, he's very gifted, and he talks to me and he asks me questions. He never says, you know what you need to do, Tim? Never. We just talk about it. And he asks me challenging questions, and he says things like, interesting when you said (laughs) and there'll be a little sentence that i will have used and i'll think about that sentence only and i'll go away and i'll realize oh my word i can see what god is saying through this situation so knowing godly wisdom and counsel is so valuable to us if you're struggling don't struggle on your own to work it out Seek God's counsel. Seek the counsel of Jesus, the wonderful counsellor. And it's my testimony that he is that. So, Isaiah also says, in addition to being a wonderful counsellor, that he is next. What's the next one? Mighty God. God. He is a mighty God. Let's be clear. Nobody needs a distant, cloud-sitting, benevolently watching all-that's-happening kind of God. That's not my idea of God. I know some people like that. You know why they like that? Because it doesn't require any commitment from them. If he's up there, not really taking part, but that ain't God. I promise you, that isn't my experience of God, and it's not the experience of many people. It's not Ray's experience this morning, it's not Alice's experience this morning. God answers prayer, God moves powerfully God is able he's a rolling up his sleeves getting his hands dirty in the muck kind of God that's our God now I have to say I've seen some stuff recently that has needed a mighty God
1: because one
0: thing you can be sure of is that the enemy is no joke there is an enemy and he's not a figure of fun He is not a painted red thing with horns on his head. He is absolutely determined to stop the work of the building of the kingdom of God. That is his purpose. The destruction of the kingdom of God and to divide families and to break through and destroy the church. That is his absolute commitment. But we have a God who is able... We have a God who has got it. We have a God who can change circumstances and situations. There are forces at work in our world. And I've seen God move sovereignly this week to answer prayer. And so have you. push back all that the enemy would seek to do. In my own life and in the life of those around me. Listen to the song of Moses. After the people escaped from Egypt, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Mighty God. Ricky shared about the kind of mighty God we have. He shared about how uh, just a short time after Moses sang those songs, he was faced with a people who were desperate. For water and God told him and commanded him to speak to the rock And what happened water came out of the rock and Ricky reminded us how important it is to follow exactly the command of God in those things and Jesus in John's gospel chapter 7 stood up and in a loud voice he said whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those believed in him were later to receive. God is a mighty God, working by his Spirit through each one of us. Never forget the might of God at work. He has not let you go. Uh, just a quick aside, of course. Uh, there will be some people here maybe thinking about this passage in Isaiah was he really talking about Jesus? Well, just to say that this passage, this actual phrase, mighty God, there would be no Israelite prophet who would use that expression of a king, of an earthly king, because they're monotheistic. They don't believe that kings are gods. Pharaoh of Egypt can be a, a, a god. Roman emperor can be a god. But king of israel would never be a god therefore we know he's not talking about any earthly king he is talking about jesus our mighty god israel also didn't describe their kings as fathers as far as i'm aware somebody will come back to me afterwards and find a quote for me of where it does but um isaiah describes the child born as thirdly everlasting father Families are complicated, aren't they? Is your family complicated sometimes? Got some complicated families in here? Yeah? Christmas. Complicated families. Some of you, I know, will find it a real challenge. Christmas can be miserable, absent or abusive fatherhood. On the night of February the 16th, 1965, my mother awoke to my father coughing. And then he was dead. I was seven, five, five, days, five days before my seventh birthday. And he was gone. I had no father figure. In fact, my brother, my two, years old, two years older than me, and my two sisters, two, who were younger than me, were left with no father. And my mother had to bring us up. Yes, poverty was in there. Yes, a sense of feeling abandoned. Yes, for me. Yes, a feeling of what on earth is a father. How do I become a man because I didn't have a role model? Yes, along the way, I want to own the fact that there were good men. Sue's dad being one of them. Amazing father figure to me. But kind of coming and going, really. my just after my 17th birthday i met a different father i met my father god my everlasting father who has never left me never ever left me has held me secure yes fatherhood means discipline yeah fatherhood also though provides identity Remember those words, wonderful words from the Lord's Prayer, where he says to us, please remember to say this in your praying, Our Father, who art in heaven. And I've said this to you before, I don't apologise for saying it again. If he is your Father, what does that make you? His child, his son, his daughter. Each one of you, identity because of the everlasting fatherhood of God. No matter what your circumstances of earthly fatherhood, you have an everlasting father. He is an everlasting father, can I just say, to those with brilliant fathers as well. Those of you who know a wonderful father, earthly father, who's been kind and supportive, but he's also a father to the fatherless and every space in between. Finally, he's described as what? Prince Prince of Peace. A prince, what is a prince? A prince is someone who has dominion, authority and rule. A sovereign with borders and within those borders laws apply that he establishes. Isaiah in chapter 6 verse 7 describes him as governing forever but what is the character of Jesus's government? What is the nature? I said, Sue, I might not do this, but I will. What is the manifesto of Jesus' government? What will increase within his borders? What does it say? What is it that he's offering us? Peace. Peace is what Jesus is prince of. There is something very special about the kingdom of Jesus. And I stress that this is not a political statement I'm going to make now. But I had something come through my door the other day which said that um, the first duty of any government is the defense of its borders. And I kind of struggled a bit with that in the context of Jesus. You might agree with that statement by the way and that's fine. But Jesus... Has a different approach. He wants his kingdom to increase internally with peace. He starts within each one in the the kingdom. And he builds peace within each one of us. And his absolute determination is that each one within us grows more and more rounded and whole because that's what peace means. It's not just the absence of hostility. However, many times we have to say it, we need to say it again. It's not just the absence of war. Peace is the presence of total well-being, body, mind, and spirit. That's what everybody in the New Testament and Old Testament world understood by peace. It's us that have shrunk it down into this little box. But it's so much more. And you can imagine, for somebody like me, with working in a hospital, the concept of this wholeness, this well-being, is so critical. When I'm with people who are sick, I am talking as a chaplain to them about their physical and emotional and spiritual well-being. Peace at work. I pray peace on people when I'm in their rooms. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And there's a temptation to choose one or two of these in our understanding of Jesus. Or even just to leave him as the baby in this story. But no one, least of all Jesus, ever gave us the option to do that. That wasn't the plan. Many try to remould him, this Jesus, into something else. But you remove any one of these characteristics about Jesus, and he ceases to be the Jesus that's real. You take out the mighty God, what is he? You take out the wonderful counsellor, where's the revelation? If you take out the everlasting Father or the Prince of Peace, what are we left with? He does not give us a choice. This He does not give you the choice. None of us have a choice. This is who he is. And you can choose, you can choose what you make of him. You can choose just to say, yeah, I know, but I'm not ready right now. You can say, actually, that might be true, but actually, I don't want to do anything with that. But he is there. This is reality. He can be your wonderful counsellor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father, and your Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, We thank you for the whole, rounded, full-orbed picture of Jesus that we see here. And we come this morning in so many different places. Places of grief, places of joy, places of confusion, places of doubt. Places of, what on earth am I doing here? Wherever we are, Jesus, we say to you, Lord, come and speak into our lives right now. Help us to reach out our hand to you, the whole whole you, the Jesus of all, and take your hand and follow you, Jesus. We pray for each one here that that is what we would do. In Jesus' name. Amen.